Fan Junkies Radio is brought to you by FanJunkies.net, where sports meets social networking. Gentlemen, and welcome to another exciting episode of Fan Junkies Radio. I'm your host, Jonathan Raggis. Alongside me, as always, my co-host, Mike McShane. Mike, what's going on, buddy? Hey, beautiful day in the neighborhood, Jonathan. I mean, we had free agency yesterday opening up in the NFL. We got uh, NCAA basketball really heating up. I mean, couldn't ask for a better day. Absolutely, man. I was locked in front of uh, my TV all day, NFL Network, and of course... The great Adam Schefter, just following his Twitter Absolutely, yeah. Day. I mean, right now, that, that's the only thing running over on on my middle computer here. I got all three of them, uh, all three of my computers up and running, and in the middle, right there, prominently displayed, Adam Schefter. He should, uh, hey, you know, he ought, to be, uh, he ought to be paying us something for all this. I agree, I agree. But we'll get to football a little bit later, and hopefully <laughs> if anything well. breaks, we'll definitely break it here as well. Yeah. Uh, also joining us for our first uh, half hour here at Tampa Fan Junkies Radio is Evan Cohen. Evan, how you doing, buddy? I'm good, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, looking forward to this. Hey, we're, we appreciate it. Yeah, we appreciate it. Evan's going to join us to talk a little bit about PEDs and steroids yep. in Major League Baseball. But before that, let's do this real quick, Mike. Our hat trick picks. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, I'm up 3-2 on you, correct? Yes, you are. So we actually uh, had the same picks the other day and uh, both got a hat trick. So. We both got a hat trick, correct, yes. Yeah. close. So let's get through this real quick so we can get to... Uh, all the other great stuff we have today. Uh, real quick, which team uh, which team will win between the Montreal Canadiens and the Ottawa Senators tonight, Mike? Well, I got the, I got the Canadiens all the way. I mean, it's a home game for them, and they've just been terrific. Abs as well, no-brainer there. Will Patrick Elias of the New Jersey Devils have an assist against your Philadelphia Flyers tonight, Mike? I'm going out on a limb uh, here. I'm going to say yes. Okay. All right. I'm going no. So. I had a feeling you were going to. Absolutely. Now, no-brainer here. Which team will win between the Detroit Red Wings and the Calgary Flames? Not quite sure why. This is one of those odd ones. Vegas. Vegas has got Calgary favored, but I'm taking Detroit. Nope. Got Detroit as well. So, once again, we at least got one different this time. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. So, uh... One of us should get one tonight. Unless we're wrong. What do you got? All right, Mike. It's your turn, man. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, you know, we were just talking a little bit about uh, NFL and NFL free agency, and so uh, I thought I'd find us a little NFL tidbit for today in sports. How about this one? 53 years ago, yes, 53 years ago today, uh, the Chicago Cardinals moved to St. Louis to become the St. Louis Cardinals. Nice. Threw that one out there just for my buddy sidekick. Uh, There's a little bit of uh, St. Louis background for him. Of course, he's still... Still to this day, uh, regrets the fact that they moved off later on, then out to Arizona. Well, what are you going to do? Poor, poor sidekick, man. I feel terrible for him. But you know, look, look at it this way. You know, they really weren't Chicago. They weren't St. Louis to begin with. They were really Chicago. So yeah. Well, but, yeah. You know. Fifty-two years ago today. All right. Well, let's get into uh, what we featured here today on Fan Junkies Radio. We spoke a little bit about it on Monday, Mike. Yes, and it all around, uh, basically just surrounded the story coming out by Joe Biscagli over at the Dog and Pony Show, uh, TV, that Robinson Cano, A-Rod, Ryan Broad, and Curtis Granderson 
are to be suspended by Major League Baseball for failing uh, a PET, uh, excuse me, PED test this season. Right. Uh, Joe Biscagli, if nobody knows, he actually is the one that uh, broke the news about Melky Cabrera, you know, failing a PED test a month before MLB even suspended him, Mike. Right. Uh, so that led us into a big discussion on things, uh, especially with uh, Cano and Braun being in the World Baseball Classic. Is this the reason why they haven't been suspended yet? And right. If it does come down after the World Baseball Classic, should we rip Major League Baseball a new one? But at the same time, it all came apart where we said, is there actually a name that would shock you? That would shock you if it came out. And we really couldn't think of one off the top of our heads with the few minutes we had on Monday's show. Mm-hmm. Um, I threw out one. You kind of laughed at me about it. Um, but Evan Cohen, Evan, you, you, you have a name that you would be totally shocked and heartbroken about if the person came out being accused of using PEDs or failing a PED test. Why don't you let our listeners know who that person is and why you think uh, that name would shock you? It would shock me only because this person has had such a clean image throughout his entire career. He hasn't really had any run-ins or hasn't had any run-ins with the law that I can remember or any paternity suits, whatever. I, you know, If he is... If he is clean, that's even better. But I, I do think, and I have no proof whatsoever, but I would be completely shocked if uh, Derek Jeter was the guy that came out, the shortstop for the New York Yankees, and we found out that he failed the PED test. Now, full disclosure, I am a grew up a Yankees fan. Obviously, <laughs> still follow him. Yeah. I have no basis for this, but th- that would be the one name that would shock me. But in this day and age in Major League Baseball, would it surprise you? No, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Mm-hmm. Mike, what do you think about that? Yeah, well, see, I, you know, Evan, you're going exactly to the point I think I was trying to make it near the end of the show on Monday. And that is, I'm wondering whether those of us that are baseball fans and have been for, you know, I have been for, for decades now, whether we've become so cynical now that, it wouldn't surprise us if any name was thrown at us. Mm-hmm. Um, with regard to, to, to Jeter in specific, uh, my person, that wouldn't shock me one bit. It wouldn't surprise me one bit. Now, you know, you caveat it by saying, okay, you, you, you've been a, a Yankees fan. I'm not, obviously. I'm from the Philadelphia region. I'm not a, I'm a Yankees fan. Uh, but nonetheless, I don't know. Yeah, all right, it, Jeter's had a clean record, but... I mean, look, he's not squeaky, squeaky clean. He's got a bit of a rep out there. Uh, you know, he makes the news a lot, I mean, in social circles and what have you. Uh, not to mention, I mean, he comes from a locker room that has been notorious for using uh, performance enhancements. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't. It wouldn't surprise me. Derek Jeter is, uh, I, you know, here's where I was over it for the past two days. I have sat back for two days now since the question came up. And I have gone through rosters. I have gone through major players in Major League Baseball. I have taken a look at them, and I've said to myself, would it surprise me if all of a sudden it came out tomorrow and it was announced that you know they were, they were using? And i got to tell you right now, guys, I can't think of one single person that it would shock me. Well, all I right. mean, throw me a name. Start throwing names out, and, you know, because maybe there's somebody I missed. 
No, I, you know what? I did the same thing. I looked through rosters. You know, uh, you know. On Monday, I mentioned David Wright because of his squeaky clean record and because he's so adamant about talking out about steroids. But at the same time, then you shot back at me, saying uh, another star spoke out about uh, you know steroids, and it's this guy right here. Let me start by telling you this: I have never used steroids. Period. And that was Rafael Palmeiro at the hearings, and that was a guy that was way, you know, way on, you know, he was on his way to the Hall of Fame. And he straight out lied about it. And to me, out of all the guys in that era who used steroids, I was more shocked and disappointed than Rafael Palmero. And, and, and as you point out, somebody that we really wouldn't have suspected. When you looked at uh, McGuire, when you looked at Sosa at that time, and you saw the kind of beast that they put on, particularly in those later years, you looked at it and you went, oh, come on. But Palmero was somebody that you looked at and got, no, no, no way. Hmm. No, and and it's just something too from his physical stature. He just didn't look like Sosa or McGuire or some of the other guys. He he did he didn't look, and again neither does Melky Cabrera. It doesn't look like the typical guy. Doesn't look to be in the shape. And I'll even throw in Pablo Sandoval. I mean he's right. you know shape is round right there. Uh, he's he's a guy you wouldn't think, but. I think back then we were a little bit more naive as fans as to what was going on, or maybe we thought it but didn't want to believe it because baseball had come back from the from the uh, from the labor issues. Right. Right. You had the the home run chase. You had what Barry Bonds was doing. Yeah. You had Cal Ripken's streak, and you just wanted to enjoy the baseball game. And maybe we we just all turned a blind eye to it. Well, we all bought into the hype, absolutely, you know, especially coming off of that lockout in the 93, uh, you know, 94 around that time right there. It's, you know, that's when baseball was starting to look like it was shaping back to being the sport that everybody missed before the lockout. And, of course, you had so many great things going on, as you mentioned, Evan. Cal Ripken's record, the home run chases, all the great power hitters coming out of nowhere. But at the same time, too, you know, Paul, you know, Palmero didn't have that stature. His head wasn't like Barry Bonds that went from a nine-pound bowling ball automatically to an eighteen-pound bowl, you know, bowling ball in two seasons. Right. You know, it, it was it was a real shocker that Rafael Palmero was one of these guys listed. Um, now, when you look at the rosters in MLB, now, I mean, yes, we, you know what, we could talk about the Derek Jeters. We could talk about the David Wrights. We could talk about a lot of other guys whose statures haven't changed. But at the same time, it's been 10-plus years. Drugs have evolved as well. There's always a way to beat the system. There's always a new drug coming out. And we learned that from many aspects in the 90s of the whole Balco thing. You know, what this guy was doing, Stan Conti, what he was doing over at Balco was, you know, straight-up scientific revolutionary stuff. You know, and of course... You know that there's guys out there like Conti right now. You know that there's new Balcos out there. And then all of a sudden you have this list come out from the Miami New Times, uh, you know, saying about all these guys that were using, Gio Gonzalez, uh, you know, a guy that you wouldn't suspect of using it. Um, you know, off the top of my head, I can't remember some of the other names. I know Ryan Braun, I believe, was on that list, right, Mike? Yes, that's correct. Yeah, you yep. you know what? You saw, uh, you know, Nelson Cruz on there, who if you look at him right away, you know, you could possibly say, yeah, you know, this is a guy that could possibly – be using uh, HGH and PEDs and all this other stuff. Oh, yeah, don't forget A-Rod was on. Oh, I mean, A-Rod's on every list, I think. He's on every list, isn't he? Right. Yeah. But, but you know, though, uh, Evan just made the point, you know, that during the, uh, I guess, what would have been the pre- or the post-strike era uh, of, uh, or the post-labor issue era of Major League Baseball, 
uh, we as fans were kind of living through the uh, age of innocence. Yeah. I'm I'm suggesting now that perhaps maybe the pendulum has swung completely the opposite direction, where we as a fan base don't trust any of them. I mean, any of them. And you know, Jonathan, we go back to the conversation that we had uh, just uh, a number of weeks ago when not a single name got enlisted into the Hall of Fame for this year. And I think that that right now, those writers that were voting on that epitomize and are a microcosm of the fan base. I don't think we, as a fan base, would be surprised by any name thrown no. at us. No. Well, it's funny you know, that you said it because we did have former MLB catcher Kelly Stinnett on here on Fan Junkies Radio. It was a pleasure to have him on. And, uh, you know, we got comments from Kelly that we have yet to hear from a former or a current Major League Baseball player. And he said it right out of the bat is that, you know what, the punishment is not severe enough. It needs to be even more severe. And he says that PED users took money out of his pocket. And he also blasted the Blue Jays for signing Melky Cabrera to that ridiculous deal. At the time, Melky Cabrera was suspended for being uncovered of using PEDs, but not only using them, but lying about it and trying to cover it up as well. Mm-hmm. Now, Evan, is, is there any other names besides Derek Jeter that you could think off the top of your head uh, you know, Yankees are not that would really just uh, you know, send you into a whirlwind of wow, I can't believe that guy, you know, got, you know, caught using PEDs. No, I, I really I don't think there is. It's yeah. just the way having been in the media on and off for the last 13 years now, it's just you you get into locker rooms, you see the guys, you see how guys get bigger and obviously you get bigger with age. I mean, that just seems to be the the the, the growth pattern, but it, no, nobody would surprise me at this point. Uh, I could turn on ESPN right now, and they would say Player X has been uh, suspended for using PEDs, and I would just be like, oh, okay, and listen to the story and then go about my business. I mean, you know, It's not like it was 10 years ago where I would sit there and, and go, how is this possible? You know, this this, this can't be. But I just think we've just become so c- cynical as as sports fans, never not not just baseball fans, sports fans, where nothing, nobody in any sport is going to surprise us. I mean, NASCAR yeah. guys are are taking some kind of performance enhancing drugs for for what they do, and it just to me, I, I don't see it being something that we should never be shocked again, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with you. But let's uh, try to you know get some uh, answers from our listeners here. If there is a name in Major League Baseball that would shock you uh, if they were accused of using PEDs or it came out that they were using PEDs and suspended, give us a call, 347-237-5373. Let us know what you think about that. Yeah, uh, challenge us. I mean, you know, yeah. that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for somebody to challenge me with a name. Uh, you know, as I said, I was going through lists. Um, you know, one of the things I did was I went out to Google and I typed in something like, uh, um, I, you know, in the past couple of days, I just typed in MLB good guys, you know, and I got, I get, you get different lists from different sources. And, and what they're doing is they're listing guys, you know, who have done good things in their community and they're stand up guys and they're really, and you know, what were some of the names that were coming across? Roy Halliday. And I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm looking at it, I'm thinking about it. I'm going, okay, Roy Halliday, he's pitching on my field team. Would it surprise me? No, it wouldn't surprise me. No. Roy Halliday would would that surprise would Roy Halliday surprise either of you guys? No. No, it wouldn't. Yeah, no, you know, but, but sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. 
No, no, go I, ahead, Evan. I was just, especially the way now, it seems like he's he's starting to break down a little bit. He's having some some problems staying healthy, and you know he had the injury last year, and uh, I guess there's some concern right now amongst the organization that he's. You know, he he may not be the pitcher that he was, and no, it wouldn't shock me in the least. Well, that's the thing. You know what? When uh, you know PEDs were so uh, you know high in the game, you know what? The injuries were down. You know, the percentage of injuries were down. I would have to say in the mid '90s to the early uh, 2000s. I mean, there weren't players getting injured the way they are now, Mike. Right. So you know that puts the idea in baseball fans' heads as well is that. Is it because the people who were using these performance-enhancing drugs, because as we all know, is that the benefits to PEDs is a lot less injuries and quicker healing quicker from recovery. those injuries. Right. And, uh, you know, all of a sudden when you start to come down off of it, uh, you know, you start breaking down quick, and we're seeing that from a lot of players. So is it just age? Is it just that player is injury-prone? Or is it something of the sorts where they're coming down off of PEDs? You have to think of that as well, and it's a damn shame. I, I take the other thing that's concerning, uh, 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 albeit I throw it out there as a controversial question, is that if, in fact, we are accurate in assuming for a moment that the fan base has become complacent, okay, uh, to the extent that, you know, we're all just going to sit back and throw our hands up in the air and say, uh, look, it is what it is, and this is where it is, and they're all going to do it, in some ways, does it not make us complicit? Because what's going to happen is we as a fan base will not demand then any longer that there be action taken if we get to the point where we believe they're all doing it. Yeah. So the controversial question then becomes, do we just leave it alone? No, you know what? You can't leave it alone. And it shouldn't be left alone because it should be fixed. And How is it going to be fixed? Who knows? I throw it out there simply as a conversation piece. Yeah, but it has to be fixed. But you know what? Real quick, I mean, because I know we only got a couple more minutes left to do. Right. You're a big Yankee fan. In this reported story, there's three Yankees on it. I know A-Rod is a disappointment to everybody. He has been for a while. He's been on these lists. He's a known PED user. Now you've got Robinson Cano, Curtis Granderson, guys who were never tied, you know, tied to PED use before. If this comes out true... What kind of damages is this going to do to the Yankees this season and beyond? And at the same time, out of the two, who would you mean you know be more uh, upset over uh, actually being caught using PEDs? For me, it's it's Robinson Cano because you're looking at a position where you know you you can go out there and and bring up an outfielder to take over for Curtis Granderson. Yeah. You go out there and, and find a corner infielder. Uh, second base is is. A position that, while the in, the the production is starting to come back a little bit, uh, Robinson Cano is supposed to be the next face of the New York Yankees. And if this is the case, and you kind of have to wonder with the contract negotiations going on with uh, Cano and the Yankees right now, and the Yankees kind of breaking their their tradition of not re-signing guys before their deals are up it'd be very disappointing and it just kind of makes you wonder. And if I could say one thing about Curtis Granderson, you guys were, uh, we were talking about players that have done great things in the community. And I know Granderson, I remember he, he wrote a blog, I think for ESPN back a few years ago and has this reputation as a great guy, but you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. I mean, three guys in the Yankees locker room, that's, that's, that's alarming. Yeah. 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 
I mean, and uh, there's been a bunch of minor leaguers in the past though that have been uh, suspended for PED use in the uh, Yankees uh, uh, organization as well, right? If, if, if I, I remember correctly, yeah, yeah. I, I think I think you're right about that. I don't remember any of the names off yeah. the top of my yeah. head, but yeah. Yeah. I know the Mets had a bunch in their minor league affiliates as well, and you know, unfortunately, it was a uh, you know a bunch of Latin players. And me and Mike spoke about that, where I thought that uh, you know a lot of these agents are pushing uh, you know agents. People close to these players and in the minor leagues are pushing PEDs on these younger players to try to make it big for them. So make it, make it into the leagues, right? Yeah. Uh, one player and it, and it puts could... money in their pockets too as agents. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Right. I mean, it's right. It's beneficial both ways. Uh, one player you and I brought up the other day, a former player that we said it would have surprised us, uh, Cal Ripken Jr. And yet at the same time, you, you've got to be, you got to know that he was aware of it. I mean, it was going on in his own locker room as we point out with Palmero and with uh, Brady Anderson. Mm. So uh, even there, uh, sometimes I have to sit back and go, I don't know, would it surprise me? Well, didn't Brady Anderson come right out and say he used it? Uh, I, listen, let's put it this way. I don't know what, I don't recall him ever actually stating outright, but it's a well-known fact. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it, you know, people, people just accept it that he did. Yeah. Well, that was uh, also back during that time when, Major League Baseball itself turned a blind eye to it. You, you, who knows how many managers, trainers, and everybody else knew what was going on? And you know what? It was it was putting butts back in the seats after the labor issue, yeah. and everybody everybody was making money. Everybody was in a job because that was going on. Yeah, well, absolutely. You know what, man? And let's say this right now. Let's use my '86 Mets as an example right now. On their flights, if you read the bad guys one by a good friend of mine, Jeff Perlman, who writes for Sports Illustrated and has wrote uh, Love Me, Hate Me, uh, Barry Bonds and the Make It of an Antihero, an- another amazing book by him. Um, check it out. But he talks about the drug use in the Mets organization in the 86 from the cocaine and all the other stuff that they were using on team flights and stuff. You don't think the manager, Davey Johnson, and you don't think the general manager and people in the Mets organization knew that all these players were using cocaine and stuff? You know? These guys knew that these players were using PEDs, and I don't care if they say that they didn't. They're just as much to blame for the problem as the players and the people pushing the stuff. Kelly Stinnett so much has said that to us uh, when we had him on, Jonathan, when, yeah. he, when he said outright he knew who the players were. Maybe he didn't know, you know exactly that they were, but there were rumors enough going on in the locker rooms about who was and who wasn't. If the players had the rumors, you have to know that the management had the rumors. Oh, Absolutely. All right, everyone, I know our time is up with you, man. Uh, we just want to thank you for joining us, and uh, hopefully we'll get you back on in the future so we can talk more sports with you, man. We appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. All right, Evan, take care. You know, it, he, you know, he makes a good point about it, Derek Jeter, a guy with a squeaky clean reputation. Um, you know, he's been in the media, but he's been in the media for stupid things, Mike. Oh, you I know, hear you. He hasn't been in the media for, uh, you know, anything bad, really. You know, if you really look at the broad spectrum, he hasn't been in the media for anything bad. Here is a leader of a ball club, a, a, a beloved figure in the state of New York, and a guy that's heading straight for the Hall of Fame. You know, if it came out, I don't think more people would be shocked more than more than let down. You know? Uh, I think when everything came out that we heard, um, you know, like a Rafael Palmeiro, wow, we were shocked because here was the beginning of the whole PED thing, and that was in the late 90s. We're in 2013 now. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to be into this 20 years, and it's still going to be a hot topic in Major League Baseball, which I think is sickening. 
Yes. Um, I don't think if anybody came out that I would be shocked like I was at Rafael Palmeiro more than I'd be let down, not just by the player, but by the sport of baseball again. And I think that there's going to be a breaking point eventually for fans when fans are going to say that enough is finally enough. Well, I, you know, I agree with you 100%, and I lay this at the feet uh, in some respects of uh, the current baseball commissioner. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the One of the most powerful people in sports, you mean? Uh, yeah. In fact, what, what number was he? Uh, uh, two? Number, number, no, that was that was Stern. He was... Uh, but, oh, well, he was like in the top ten, I know, Seelig. Yeah, I think he was. I think it was like number seven or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah, according to SI, anyhow. Um, but, no, uh, just the other day, uh, New York Times editor uh, Chuck Strauss came out and actually, uh, I mean, in some respects, reprimanded Bud Selig for not utilizing his powers as commissioner yeah. to act in the best interest of baseball yeah. by not forcing – the uh, the lab down there in Miami, what is it, Bio, what's the name of it, Bio... Oh, the one that Biogenesis, Biogenesis. Yeah. By not forcing them, uh, and the newspaper down there in Miami, by not forcing them to relinquish any kind of information that they have. Yeah. And that if, in fact, Selleck were to sit on his hands and not utilize every uh, ounce of his power, and if that means having to take these guys to court to release this information then that's what you do. But if he does nothing, then, in fact, he's not fulfilling his responsibilities as commissioner of baseball. Yes. Yeah. Well, you know what? Let me ask you this now from a media standpoint, Mike. Major League Baseball has requested uh, the records from the Miami New Times about, uh, you know, all the allegations against those players from biogenesis. The paper rejected it. Why would the paper reject it at the same time putting all of that stuff out? Uh, the only thing I can I mean, they put it out with a purpose, right? Sure. Here's the problem that you get into, Jonathan. Having been a student of the media and journalism, being a you know my back my my actual degree is in journalism. Uh, when a newspaper acquiesces like that, uh, then you start getting into um, uh, precedents being set with regard to First Amendment rights. Yeah, and that becomes the issue. Uh, the newspaper probably is looking for Major League Baseball or someone in that ilk authority to, in fact, take them to court and force them to turn it over. Huh. Uh, because if they willingly were to do it, then, in fact, you're, you're going to open up the whole Pandora's box over, uh, you know, the freedom of, freedom of uh, information. Yeah. Huh. That's, my, that's my read on it. Now, I might be completely wrong. Yeah. Well, but that's my, that's my sense on it, why the newspaper would, would, would uh, be hesitant about doing it. Yeah. Well... I'd like to see them put it out there, and I'd like to see uh, some more investigations going into us. Because if all this is true, and like we said, if these guys get suspended after the WBC, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, something needs to happen. You know, I mean, Congress got involved the first time and nothing happened. So, I mean, what could really be done about it, unfortunately, it seems. so. Yeah, and the question becomes one of, you know, even when you go back to that era when Congress got involved in it. Uh, and I was asking the question then, albeit it's very, very interesting how we now utilize information that came from that. We utilize it to our benefit, if we care to use it that way. But I was even questioning what authority Congress had in jumping in on that sort of thing. Uh, you know, what if, you know we're, we're, we're talking about performance enhancement drugs being utilized in baseball. Really, is this something that our government should be involved in? You know, we've had this kind of 
conversation. Well, you, you know what, man? I think uh, – okay, here's my take on it. I think the government got involved way too soon. I think if it – you know, an ultimatum should have been made. You have such and such years to get it cleaned up. You need a 100% PED testing efficiency with nobody failing it in a certain amount of years. And if it keeps going on, then something's going to happen. I believe that – well, I know why Congress got involved, and it wasn't for the right you know, thing, Mike. Uh, <laughs> I think Congress should have gotten involved only because of – and like I've told you before, there's a lot of – uh, elementary school kids, a lot of junior high school kids getting into you know into uh, you know high school sports and everything that are look up to these guys as role models. When this stuff started leaking out, and I'm sure about it, that a lot of kids tried to figure out or they Googled what things like androstein, what creatine, and what all these things were. And I guarantee you, probably a little less than half of them probably tried to obtain it and use it. Right. You know, and I think that's where Congress needs to get involved because we don't need a professional sports league like the MLB to show these kids on how you know not you know not not you know not how to use it but kind of show them hey listen this is how these guys got to the big leagues and it's okay for them to do it because we're going to keep giving them big money league deals but a right lot away Lucky Cabrera and it's still being done Mike but a you lot know. of good a lot of good congressional hearings did Jonathan you and I have talked about this as well I know it firsthand having spent 15 years in both secondary ed and, and in middle schools I know for a fact that kids are using this stuff. There has been no diminishment of usage no. of, of, of performance enhancement down at the high school level, uh, and, and some of it is even moving now into middle school. So there's been no diminishment of this. Having congressional hearings did nothing to stem the tide. Uh, listen, you know what? I'm sorry, but I don't – you know what? If you need to have a physical to get into high school, Mike. Right. You know, you go to the, you know, you go to the doctor, the doctor gives you a physical. I don't see why – if you're going into high school, and even when you become an athlete in high school, they can't push PED testing on high school students. Mm-hmm. And I, you know what? And and I think it would be for their own good. Oh, I do too. You know, I think it needs to be put into high school. I think it needs to be put into college. And I think Congress failed miserably by not trying to do that. That's my take. Here, here. So anyway. Let's start the phone number again, 347-237-5373. Let us know what you think about the whole PEDs in baseball. Throw me a name. I dare anybody to throw me a name that would shock me that might be using. Particularly in Major League Baseball. Uh, and, you know, really, when it comes right down to it, Jonathan, I might open it up and say, hey, how about anybody at all in major sports, any major sport? Is there any, any – let me throw it to you that way. Anybody in any major sport? I mean, hockey, basketball, anything. Um. Wow. No. <laughs> um. Let me think for a second. Uh. I. You know what? I can't think of. Uh, of really anybody. Yeah. Basically. Uh. Akabono, the sumo wrestler. I don't think he uses PEDs. Probably doesn't have to, right? Or is it that big? <laughs> Listen, let me tell you, man. Mickey Mantle was hitting shots. All while he was drinking Jack Daniels. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't need these children. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I, mean, so, I mean, you know, I dare anybody to throw a name at us. So. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. 347-237-5373. Give us a call. Let us know what you think about it. And uh, throw us a name that you think will shock us. Because uh, we're not shocked. So. Yep. All right, Mike. Uh, NFL free agency started yesterday. 
Yes, it did. We already, yeah, we were already making reference to that. Yes. A lot of, uh, a lot of names moved yesterday. Go ahead. Nothing really, uh, too big. I I'm glad we... you just said that because I was just about to say, you know, you know, really, you know, while there's been a lot of kind of hype made about, oh, all this incredible activity that went on on day one of free agency. In fact, many of the reports that I have read have kind of given it a bit of a yawner. Well, no real major big, big money names. For me, I was just shocked at the money aspect of it all. Uh, you mean some of the dollars that were paid? Oh yeah, it was, it yeah. was, it was. I, I couldn't believe it. And you know, what, especially trades with the, with, with, with draft picks involved. And then I turned around and thought about, it. I'm like, wow, if this team could get such and such for this player, why can't a team like the Jets get what they think is, you know, tops for Darrell Revis, and he's supposed to be the top guy in this position? Right. Uh, so, so uh, you know, there was a lot of uh, head scratching yesterday, Mike. So money changing hands, uh, right? Uh, had you scratching your head. And boneheaded Pittsburgh Steeler moves had me scratching my head. <laughs> and boneheaded Baltimore Ravens moves had me scratching my head. Okay, all right. Uh, well, let's throw some of these out there right yeah, now. Uh, you know what? But before we do that, we just got one of the signings. Donnie Avery left yeah. the Indianapolis Colts, signed with the Kansas City Chiefs. Adam Schefter reported just a few minutes ago. So you got it. Another move there. Um, Dolphins. Five years, $65 million, $30 million of that guaranteed to former Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver Mike Wallace. Mm -hmm. Bonehead move number one, huh? Yes. By the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, uh, okay, uh, that one, uh, I guess you're going to say the money surprised you. Didn't necessarily surprise me. Um, uh, doesn't surprise me that uh, Pittsburgh let him go. No, no. Doesn't surprise that Pittsburgh let him go. I am shocked at the dollars. I don't think Mike Wallace is worth that deal. And you'll see why this season when he plays for the Dolphins. Um, again, Dolphins agreed to terms with linebacker Danelle Ellerby, formerly of the Ravens, first dumbass move by the Ravens uh, yesterday, on a five-year $35 million contract. Uh-huh. Dolphins right. turned around, five-year $26 million to outside linebacker Philip Wheeler, who played with the Raiders. Uh-huh. Sidekick St. Louis Rams signed tight end Jared Cook, $35 million deal, Mike. Yep. Browns got Paul Kruger from the Baltimore Ravens, five years, $40 million. Bills released quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah. After sending him to that mega deal. Now, that one shocked me. Um, uh, you know, I know that they've not been pleased up there with uh, – they didn't feel that they got their money's worth. Um, however – uh, this is my personal opinion. I think uh, I think Fitzpatrick is a serviceable quarterback um, on the right team. Correct. Uh, if if in fact uh, Buffalo wanted to make a move in a different direction on a quarterback, um, I, I say what you try to do is perhaps maybe and maybe maybe it was a situation where Fitzpatrick just wasn't going to have it. He wasn't going to hear it uh, <laughs> talking to him about restructuring. But you either try to restructure him. Uh, or it had to be a cap issue. I mean, that's the only thing I can think of. Uh, obviously, they want to make a move in a different direction. Uh, they're looking at probably – what do you think? Well, Tavares Jackson is their starting quarterback right now. Well, uh, like I said, do you think they're looking at the draft? <laughs> I, well, you know what? Are, are, are the Bills looking at the draft, or are they going to try to acquire somebody like a Matt Castle? You know, change of environments. We've seen it before, Mike, where a quarterback does look terrible in one place – Went to another place and he looked great. 
You know, is that something wow. that Castle needs, and is it something that a Ryan Fitzpatrick needs? Do you really think? Uh, I, 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 I mean, listen. If Buffalo truly thinks they're going to get something better in Matt Castle, then uh, well, man, uh, let me have a sip of this, please. <laughs> Buddy Nix is all I got to say, man. <laughs> yeah, really. I, I mean, you know, it can, it, serve me up some of that Kool Aid, will you? Oh, well, listen, man. Honest you know. to God, I mean, I, I, you know, no, I. I, I wow. Okay. I, I, it, it would seem to me that they're probably looking to draft. That would be my guess. What's what the is their pick? Yeah, that's that was going to be my next question. What what, what pick do they have? Ooh, I don't even know, man. Let me take a look right now. See if I can bring it up here. Uh, I I know it's probably I know it's up there. I'm sure it is. The, but uh, where up there is the question? Uh, trying to figure it out here. They are right before the Jets at number eight. All of the uh, most of the mantras have them uh, drafting an offensive guard. Mm-hmm. So I mean, well, uh, at that time, you know, they still had uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick as their starting quarterback. So if they get in touch with Howie Roseman, uh, Roseman would uh, trade down because that's what the Eagles have been looking to try to do, and they could get the number four pick. Yeah, which would put them in line then for uh, potentially Geno Smith. Well, do you think the Eagles are going to grab Geno Smith or what? Uh, well, you know, it's interesting because that was the talk yesterday a lot because uh, the day before, I guess it was on Monday, uh, the uh, Eagles, uh, their entire brass, including Jeff Lurie, uh, went down to West Virginia uh, to check this guy out, uh, which a lot of people thought was a little bit odd. Why is the owner actually going along on the on the trip? Yeah. Um, there are uh, the, the general thinking I heard yesterday. And it did not come from Schefter. Who did it come from? It came from one of the the top analysts out there in the NFL. Uh, the general thinking is, yeah, the, the, the Eagles are looking at keeping their number four spot and going after Gina Smith. That's the general thinking. Hmm. I'm not convinced of it. I'm going to be honest with you. Ah, man. I tell you, man. Well, you know what? Let's talk a little bit about the Eagles then, too, because they made some moves yesterday, Mike, and uh, I know some uh, you were happy with and others you weren't. Uh, First, they cut Namdi Asamua, which we knew was going to happen. Right. Saved a lot of money in their cap right there. Not as much as people initially thought, but whatever. Uh, Turned around, they signed safety Patrick Chung from the Patriots. Mm -hmm. Uh, They also signed tight end and fullback James Casey from the Texans. They also signed nose tackle Isaac Sapuaga from the 49ers. Right. They also made a couple other moves, correct? Yeah, I'm trying to remember them all at this point. I don't have the uh, story right up in front of me. You hit Casey. It mentioned Casey, yep. Uh, there were there were five yesterday, actually. Yeah. I'm trying to remember, I'm trying to remember where I saw them all. But anyhow, uh, for the most part, uh, you know, the, the uh, in the Philadelphia region, the um, – the signings that the Eagles made got mixed reviews mm-hmm. because there had been a lot of speculation that the Eagles were going to be major <laughs> players for Smith out of uh, Miami and for uh, Goldson. Um, it, it became rather evident quite early on that the Eagles weren't going to be playing that game. Yeah, uh, I'm not – I'll say this. I'm not – Disappointed with the signings they made yesterday. Oh, cornerback uh, Bradley Fletcher as well. Okay, yeah, that's right, that's right. We had and uh, Jason Phillips, the linebacker. There you go. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not. I for one am not disappointed with the uh, signings they made yesterday. I think that they addressed some weak areas, uh, and I think they addressed them well. Uh, I'm particularly uh, pleased uh, with the uh, 
pick up the 49ers uh, nose tackle. Okay, with the pickup of uh, Casey, you know, what, what did that mean for Brent Selleck? Um, you know, are they going to go with a two tight end scheme uh, like you see a lot of teams doing now, or uh, you think Selleck's going to be eventually done in uh, Philadelphia? Um, well, with this Chip Kelly offense, it's very possible. I mean, I, I, my guess would be that they will go with a two tight end scheme for uh, for this year. Uh, we'll have to see how it plays out as we go forward. Wouldn't surprise me in the least. Uh, with the kind of uh, gadget uh, offense that we're anticipating here with Chip Kelly. Uh, so that wouldn't surprise me in the least. Uh, I, I, the word I've gotten is that Casey is actually a little stronger in that particular area than oh, Selleck. Faster as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's a fast guy. So, so uh, I see it as a plus. Okay, just uh, checking the uh, wire here to see if there's been any signings in the last couple of minutes. I uh, really haven't seen anything yet, but uh, we've got a couple of waves. Uh, Jaguars waved wide receiver Laurent Robinson today. Right. Um, Chris Houston re-signed with Detroit, so he will stay in there. Ravens parting ways with uh, Bernard Pollard. I don't think anybody really saw that. But at the same time, did anybody really see the Ravens doing anything that they're doing right now? Uh, you know, there's a lot of speculation. I mean, what are they, are they blowing the team up? Uh, you know, they win the Super Bowl. Are they blowing the deep, particularly the defense? Are they blowing it up? Um, or, I mean, as I pointed out to you, uh, free show, Jonathan, do they know something that we don't? You have to, you know what, I man? You have to guess because, listen, right away, Ray Lewis is gone. You lose Paul Kruger. Bernard Pollard's gone. Um, who else did they lose yesterday? They lost a uh, couple of different people, yes. I can't remember exactly who now. But, uh, oh, yeah, you know, you traded Bolden for absolutely nothing. Right. And that was Flacco's – I mean, that's the guy that made Flacco who he was this past season. Right. Okay, what anybody says, you can go and tell me I'm wrong right now, but Antoine Bolden caught so many ducks that Flacco threw last year and pulled them down that shouldn't have been caught. Mm-hmm. And it's the, the big reason why Joe Flacco signed that big money deal. Right. He right. should take percentages of that and send it to Bolden over in San Francisco. <laughs> you know, um, Ravens did make a move, though. They signed former Jets defensive tackle Chris Canty to a three-year, $8 million deal. I don't know if that's basically an upgrade. I don't think it is, but it's just, wow. You know, uh, did Jeffrey Loria take over uh, the Baltimore Ravens? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm telling you, there's got to be, uh, to me, there's got to be a message or madness in all of this. Oh. Um you would think, right? You know, unless this was just a again, unless this was just a financial thing, uh, and guys wouldn't restructure. That's the I, I I mean, I don't know. This is this is very, very odd. Oh, Ed Reed is another one that they're that they're saying might be gone. Yeah. And now also uh Wes Walker with New England. Right. Looks like might be both and they uh gave him a low ball offer from what we're hearing. So Right. Where do you, uh where do you see the Patriots going to uh fill that hole if Walker does leave? <clears throat> Because there are a few wide receivers on the board, Mike. Yes, there are. I mean, uh, you know, do you see them making a big move well, for I, something like know, a Cruz, or do you see them? Uh... There, there are a couple that are coming in the draft. Uh, that that particularly, and there's a couple of good ones coming in the draft. So, um, uh, that's a position that I, and you know, look, we're talking about the Patriots. They never seem to have be at a loss. In that particular area, so I, I, I wouldn't. Well, I mean, they seem to take crappy wide receivers and make them into. Uh, well, my point exactly. Yeah, my point exactly. I think you made that point on Monday. So. All right, so look, you know what? The Patriots will turn around. They'll sign Laurent Robinson. And he'll turn into. Uh, exactly. Part two. So. Right. Right. 
Jets running back Sean Green uh, visiting the Tennessee Titans today, and uh, word I'm getting from some of my sources, Mike, is that uh, Titans are signing him. He's not leaving, so uh, they got themselves a uh, finisher and a backup for Chris Johnson. Could be a good move for them. You know, uh, I think it could be as well. I would agree with you. Yeah, having somebody to finish, and you know what? That's where Sean Green has to be, and it's definitely not as a starter. So uh, look out for Sean Green. He'll probably have about 10 touchdowns this year. There you go. Kansas City Chiefs trying to trade Matt Castle. Supposedly three teams are interested, Mike, but if they cannot trade him, they will be cutting him today. Any mention on who the teams might be? Uh, yeah, I heard a little earlier who it was, and I believe the Bucks were one, which I found quite odd. Interesting. Um, and I believe the Vikings were another. Huh. And I can't remember who the third team was. Somebody reported three teams today, Mike. But I'm not entirely sure exactly who the other teams were. All right. But we'll see what happens. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Revis, Mike. Uh, supposedly a lot of teams are interested in him. Eagles as well. Your Eagles, uh, you weren't too happy about that. Uh, comes out today, Eagles are out of the running. Yep. What we're hearing now is that, uh, you know, looks like he might be headed to Tampa Bay for a uh, surplus of draft picks. Now, if good Bucks, for you guys. It's good for us, absolutely. Uh, if Bucks get Revis, looks like the Bucks still may be able to sign Deshaun Goldson, too, and that's been a glaring need. Down in Tampa Bay is their defense. Uh, right there and then with a healthy Darrell Rivas and uh, one of the best safeties in the league in Deshaun Goldson. What does that do for Tampa Bay? And uh, do you see them making uh, some noise next year now? It's very possible uh, that they could. Um, uh, you know, interestingly, offensively, they're iffy. Uh, but there's no doubt about it. I mean, it, it potentially could really, really bolster up their defense. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm skeptical about uh, Rivas. Uh, I, there there are questions apparently as to whether he can even begin open the season. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, um, when are you going to be seeing him come into play? Uh, what are you looking at? October? Yeah. You know, uh, Thanksgiving? What? Yeah. You know, so, eh, you know, uh, my my attitude is Tampa Bay wants him, they can have him. Is that I, I, a? You know, uh, it's going to do you guys. It's going to do you guys. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's definitely going to help that just. But now let me tell you, for the premier player at that position. For a team that desperately needs a cornerback and they want to, you know, really get a big defensive squad, do you take that chance? Boy, you're talking to a Philadelphian that just saw us here take a chance on Andrew Bynum. Throw it at you because, you know, you, you know what? They took a big chance on Namdi, and uh, you said, you know what? It ain't Namdi's fault. Well, uh, in that particular case, no, I don't I don't blame uh, Osmo. I don't feel that he was used correctly, and I'll continue to, to make that statement. Uh, we took a chance. A, a very similar situation, though. When you're talking about Revis and you're not exactly even sure whether the guy can play a full season this this year. Yeah. A, a very similar situation to what the Sixers did in buying into uh, Andrew Bynum. Mm-hmm. We took a chance. There are th- there are those here in the Philadelphia area that say, "Well, the Sixers did the right thing by taking the chance." I, for one, say, "No, they didn't." That that's a stupid chance to take. Yeah. Um. If if Tampa Bay wants to take that chance, that's fine. Would I? As a general manager, I don't think I would. Not particularly in light of all of the other baggage that Revis brings you. That's just my personal opinion. Okay. As a general manager, I'm walk. I, I, I'm very very. I'm highly skeptical. 
Well, because of his. Uh, what about you? Well, uh, well, you know what? Let me ask this before we do that. Now, if Revis didn't hold out those times with the Jets, and he played during all those times with that contract, do you take the chance, or you know, does that change your mind at all? Because I know him holding out was, uh, you know, really put a wedge in between your head of uh, either accepting or, or not accepting him in Philadelphia if they were to acquire him. Uh, it certainly would uh, soften the blow if if that were the case. Mm-hmm. I'd be more inclined to uh, I'd be more inclined to be open minded. Let's put it that way. Yeah. But I mean, as I pointed out to you yesterday, I mean, Adam Schefter was or was it Adam Schefter or was it South? No, it was South Palantonio. Yeah. Uh, was saying uh, yesterday uh, that the Eagles absolutely not should not be looking at Revis and his words. He he would pity any team that would be, yeah. Because the guy was just, as he put it, uh, uh, he was a locker room litigator, is the way he put it. Yeah. And 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 really, really uh, felt badly in some respects. Uh, you could almost hear the sympathy in his voice for uh, the mess that Revis created of the uh, New York Jets locker room. Yeah, it's a shame because you know what? One of the uh, best players in the league, man. You know, and it was, uh, you know, with to have him on the field was a pleasure to watch him. But with all the stuff coming out that, uh, you know what, he was a mess in the locker room and going through it as a fan with his holdouts and everything else uh, always leaves a sour taste in your mouth. So it's a shame that uh, when you look back at his career, um, you know, it'll be bad. So. But we see this consistently, Jonathan, with, with you know, the, the prima donna, big star players, I don't care what league, what sport it is that you're talking about. Um, in, in, invariably, they seem to be self-destructive. From the standpoint that they they become bigger than their own accomplishment, mm-hmm. and I think that that I personally I think that 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 absolutely qualifies uh, uh, Revis. Okay, let's talk about the draft a little bit, Mike. Uh, we saw some moves made yesterday, and uh, of course the moves that were made yesterday, you know, it kind of sheds a little, you know, uh, a different light on the draft for some teams. Uh, Kansas City. Where do you see them going, number one? Do they go offensive tackle? Do they go defense? Uh, you know, because a lot of people looking at them as, uh, you know, either picking Eric Fisher from Central Michigan or uh, Luke Jokel from Texas A&M. That's a tough call because, you know. Um, they desperately need an offensive tackle, which, you know, which. All right. So, you know, what, let's make it easier. Number one, Eric Fisher, Luke Jokel. You know they need an offensive tackle. They need somebody in front of Alex Smith. Who do you start building around between those two? And you know these guys better than I do. Well, I think that, uh, uh, you know, I haven't looked at – I'd like to see – I think I did see that Jokel was was on one mock draft for Kansas City. Um, it, it wouldn't surprise me if if uh, if Andy Reid were to go in that direction. Um, of course, a lot of it is going to depend on what uh, Kansas City does right now in the free agency uh, period that we're in right now. I know that they have made some moves. Uh, you know, there were a couple of signings by Kansas City yesterday. Uh, I'm not 100% up on what they were. Uh, I'm looking for it right now. I'm actually sitting here trying to find a current mock draft. Um, but, um, I, 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 yeah, that wouldn't surprise me if that would be the direction that Reed would go in. Yeah. You know, we, we, we know what his we know what his moniker and what his uh, uh, MO is. Mm-hmm. You know, he's gonna he's gonna try to go with an offensive team there. That's basically what he's gonna do. Mm-hmm. So um, 
You basically need an offensive tackle because that's their big weak spot right now in their offense. Uh, and particularly, I, I think particularly too, in light of the fact you're bringing in somebody like Alex Smith. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let me just go ahead. NFL mock. I'm just let's, trying to find uh, a mock. Go ahead. Uh, let's look at your number four. Your uh, Philadelphia Eagles uh, after the signings they made yesterday. Do you still see them going defense? And if they do, are they going to go cornerback? Do you think they'll go defensive end? Or do you think they'll surprise and take quarterback? Well, you know, I, I can tell you right now that the uh, the rumor has been, and uh, apparently, like I said, I, I've already pointed this out, uh, they went down and they took a look at uh, Geno Smith. Uh, I, I made the comment to you yesterday, uh, you know, uh, you and I were communicating over the Internet, and I said, I'll tell you right now, if, in fact, uh, they were to pick uh, Geno Smith with the number four pick, uh, the response you're going to get from the fan base here is going to be identical uh, to what uh, what the response was uh, when we picked up uh, McNabb. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, that's going to be the fan response. We're not, we're not going to be very, very happy with that at all. No. Uh, I, for one, would like to see the Eagles uh, go after uh, Dean Milner Yeah. from Al- Alabama. That's Alabama. what I would like to see. Yep. Uh, that 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 would be my preference. Okay. I, I I for one, and I'm throwing it out there. I don't I don't see Geno Smith less than the first three picks. To me, I think the Jaguars or the Raiders are going to take him before anybody else can. Really? Yeah. That's just me though. Uh, you know, I think Jags and Raiders, uh, two teams that are going to you know desperately need a quarterback after this season. Uh, you know, I think that would be a dumb move on their part not to take Geno Smith. But. My well, opinion. Uh, one one mock draft I'm looking at right now, believe it or not, has Geno Smith going to your Jets. So. Yeah, that's not happening. Who's that? Whose mock draft was that? Uh, whose is this coming from? Tim Daniels, featured columnist. This is a reprint on another on another website. Okay. But yeah, I mean, uh, uh, you've already got so darn many quarterbacks up there right now. Uh, it, it, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, what's the deal with Tebow? Uh, he's staying? Well, I told you a few weeks ago, Mike, that I wouldn't be shocked if he did. Um, right now, I mean, considering that it was perfect timing for him this weekend and yesterday to cut him, he's still with the Jets. What? And, and you know what? You scratch your head and you wonder why. What do you make of this? I don't know. You know what? I, I, I wouldn't be shocked if he's uh, in camp competing for a starting spot with them. In the QB position? Yeah. I mean, honestly, there's uh, there's really no way to uh, even even wrap my mind around it why he's still with the Jets with all the stuff that went on last year. Uh, it's either they're going to give him a shot or they're going to see if somebody is uh, you know desperate enough to uh, try to acquire him via trade. Yeah, it's uh, rather odd. Uh, I uh, you know I saw your comment that you made about it uh, yesterday, and I I just couldn't make head nor tail. Yeah. Why he is still there. Yeah, I mean, you know, especially after signing David Garrard, you would think uh, you would want to bring in another uh, quarterback. But with five now, you got uh, Mark Sanchez, Tim Tebow, David Garrard, Greg McElroy, and Matt Sims. Right, right. Going in. Uh, you know what? Are they going to go with six? Or, uh, you know what? Or, you know, do they got something cooking? Well, it's starting to sound like the Eagles. I think we've got five right now uh, on, on our roster. You know, do you think they'll try to take a less package if uh, for Rivas if another team takes on uh, – Let's say a Mark Sanchez or a Tim Tebow. Let's just see here. I've got uh, I've got mock drafts up here from the NFL, NFL mock draft central, and you got four, you got four different guys here doing analysis on it. 
and I just wanted to see where Geno Smith is going. Juan's got Geno Smith going eight to uh, Buffalo. One's got Geno Smith going seventh to the Cardinals. One's got Geno Smith going third to the Raiders. Nice, so there you go. <laughs> and uh, the fourth has got uh, Geno Smith going to seventh to the um, to the Cardinals. Cardinals. To the Cardinals, Cardinals right? Cardinals. Uh, your Jets, Xavier Rhodes, Deion Jordan. That's who I want, Deion uh, Jordan. Uh, defensive end from Oregon. He's not lasting that long in the draft. He's 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 going to be going by the fifth pick, six tops. He's not going to be no, nowhere near number nine. Uh, Jarvis Jones, uh, outside linebacker eh. from Georgia, who's very good. I'm okay with that. Uh, Ziggy Ansah from eh. uh, from eh. BYU, defensive end. Nah. Uh, nah. Eagles. Uh, one's got Dean Milner going for this is the number four pick. Dean Milner, Lane Johnson, uh, outside tackle from. Oklahoma. Uh, yeah, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And then the other two have got uh, Deion Jordan. There you go. And you know what? That would be a very, very, very smart pick for the Eagles, taking Deion Jordan. That guy's going to be a beast in the NFL eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, wow. But you know what? Let me ask you this real quick. We've got three minutes left in the show. Uh, John Idzik, general manager of the Jets, you know, needs to make a statement, Mike. And he needs to make a big one. He has, by getting Santonio Holmes and Antonio Cromartie to restructure their contracts, which nobody thought would happen right right off the bat already, he hasn't cut Tebow yet, but could you see Edzik talking to, let's say, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or uh, another team interested in Darrell Rivas saying, well, instead of you giving me your first-round pick and three other picks uh, you know, down the road, how about we only take your second pick and a conditional sixth if you take a Mark Sanchez or a Tim Tebow in a deal? Well... Could you see something like that ever happen in the that's, NFL? That, because we've seen it happen in baseball. We've seen it happen in hockey. You know, we've seen bad contracts being swapped out. Could you see something like that happen in the NFL? Because we really, we rarely ever see that. Woof. Um, wow, that's that. That's a tough call, Jonathan. That I, I'm going to tell you right now. Uh, as a general manager, I'm not. I'm not inclined to go there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not doing that one. No. You're not going to hold me up. Okay, mm-hmm. I mean that's that's like holding me hostage. That's not happening. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. Uh uh. Uh, you know. In fact, I'm gonna. Uh, uh, that would actually. Uh, uh, that would uh, that would annoy me. Yeah. Um. I, 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 although I gotta give it. I'm gonna tell you right now. I gotta throw kudos out to Intik for getting your guys as quickly under the cap as he did. Uh, because fifteen million dollars under man. Just a couple of days ago, you guys were over. Mm-hmm. So uh, nice job on getting getting uh, getting that Jets team under the cap as quickly as he possibly did. That's that, that's some pretty creative financing going on there. Absolutely. Well, we'll find out more about the Jets because on Friday's show, yeah. we'll be joined by WFAN uh, up in New York Jets reporter Chris Lapresti, who we have had on here before, a good friend of ours and, and a good friend of the show. So we'll be talking to him about that and so much more. We'll see if the uh, Jets uh, make any more moves. Until then, Mike. Yeah, and particularly if we get some action on Revis, that's going to be particularly timely. Absolutely. All right, Michael, that's it for our show. Uh, first, I want to thank Evan Cohn for joining us and uh, talking PEDs and baseball with us. Um, also, tomorrow night, 8 p.m. slot, we move the Sports Blogger radio show right. with uh, John Lear and Scott Blooney to primetime slot tomorrow night, 8 p.m. So check out the guys from Boston. They'll be talking a lot about the Patriots moves and more um, straight out of Boston. Heard they got a great yep. program tomorrow night. Yeah, it's going to be That's a good. I heard. Yep. 
It's going to be a good one. So, listen to that. Also, Friday, once again, WFAN Jets reporter Chris Lapresti, good friend of ours, joins us at 12 p.m. Eastern Time on Friday. And as always, check out FridayHouseSports.net, where you can check out our very own Friday Mike, sidekick and the crew with five minutes at the Friday and some great content over there. And as always, FanJunkies.net, sports social networking at its best. It's fun, it's free, and it's getting popular. Jump in, sign up now, and have some fun with it before the elevator leaves the ground floor and to the top. Anyway, once again, thank you to our listeners. Without you, we'd be nothing. So for Mike McShane, I'm Jonathan Ragus. We'll see you all tomorrow night for Sports Blogger Radio at 8 p.m. Tune in then.